moving forward. But let's get right to it. What we want to do is we want to read the word. And so we're going to ask three questions, posturing ourselves to hear from God. The first question we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? First question. Second question is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And then the third question that we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? What are you revealing concerning me? So we're going to pray and we're going to get right into it. Father, thank you for the privilege that you've given us to come together, different people in different parts of the world at different time zones and later on in different times. Lord, coming together to read your word. Father, I pray that you would bless this time, Lord. Encourage us today. Exhort us today. Um, Lord, convict us today. Convince us today. We pray that your spirit would speak as we read your word. Breathe into this word. Breathe into this time that we spent together. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah 26, and it says this. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord saying, Thus says the Lord, Stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house, all the words that I command you to speak to them. Do not diminish a word. Perhaps everyone will listen and turn from his evil way, that I may relent concerning the calamity which I purpose to bring on them because of the evil of their doings. And you shall say to them, thus says the Lord, if you will not listen to me to walk in my law, which I have set before you to heed the words of my servants, the prophets whom I sent to you, both rising up early and sending them, but you have not heeded. Then I will make this house like Shiloh. I will make this city a curse to all nations of the earth. So the priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking the words in the house of the Lord. Now it happened when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, that, that the priests and the prophets and all the people seized him saying, you will surely die. Hmm. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord saying, this house shall be like Shiloh and this city shall be desolate without an inhabitant. And all the people were gathered against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the princes of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord and sat down in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. And the priests and the prophets spoke to the princes and all the people saying, this man deserves to die for he has prophesied against the city as you have heard with your ears. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the princes and all the people saying, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against the city with all the words that you have heard. Now, therefore, amend your ways and your doings and obey the voice of the Lord your God. Then the Lord will re relent concerning the doom that he has pronounced against you. As for me, here I am in your hand. Do with me as seems good and proper to you. But know for certain that if you put me to death, you will surely bring innocent blood on yourselves, on this city and on its inhabitants. For truly the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. So the princes and all the people said to the priests and the prophets, this man does not deserve to die, for he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Then certain elders of the land rose up and spoke in the assembly of the people, saying, Micah of Morasheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah king of Judah and spoke to all the people of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Zion will be plowed like a field. Jerusalem shall become 
heaps of ruins and mountains of the temples like the bare hills of the forest? Did Hezekiah, king of Judah, and all of Judah even put him to death? Did he not fear the Lord and seek the Lord's favor? And the Lord relented concerning the doom which he had pronounced against them, but we are doing a great evil against ourselves. Now there was also a man who prophesied in the name of the Lord, Urijah, the son of Shemaiah, of kirjath Jerim, who prophesied against this city and against this land according to all the works of Jeremiah. And when Joachim, the king, with all his mighty men and all the princes heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. But when Urijah heard it, he was afraid and fled and went to Egypt. Then Joachim, the king, sent men to Egypt, Elnathan, the son of Akabor, and the other men who went with him to Egypt. And they brought Urijah from Egypt and brought him to Joachim, the king, who killed him with the sword and cast his dead body into the graves of the common people. Nevertheless, the hand of Ahikim, the son of Shaphan, was with Jeremiah, so that they should not give him into the hand of people to be put to death. Jeremiah 27. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord to me, Make yourself bonds and yokes and put them on your neck and send them to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the Amorites, the king of Tyre, and the king of Sidon by the hand of messengers who come to Jerusalem to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and command them to say to their master, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Thus you shall say to your masters, I have made earth, the man and the beast that are on the ground. By my great power and my outstretched arm, I have given it to whom it seems proper to me. Hmm. Now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and all the beasts of the field I have also given him to serve him. So all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son until the time of this land of his land comes. And then many nations and great kings shall make him serve them. And it shall be that the nation of the kingdom will not serve Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and which, which will not put its yoke under, sorry, its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon. That nation will, that nation I will punish, says the Lord, with the sword, the famine, and the pestilence until I have consumed them by his hand. Therefore, do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, your soothsayers, or your sorcerers who speak to you, saying, You shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you, to remove you far from the land, and I will drive you out, and you will perish. But the nations that bring their necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let him remain in their own land, says the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell in it. Hmm. I also spoke to Zedekiah, king of Judah, according to all these words, saying, Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Why will you die, you and your people, by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence, as the Lord has spoken against the nation that will serve the king of Babylon? Therefore, do not listen to the words of the prophet who speak to you, saying, you shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you, for I have not sent them, says the Lord. Yet they prophesy a lie in my name that I may drive you out and that you may perish. And the prophets who prophesied to you also 
I spoke to the priests and all and to all this people, saying, Thus says the Lord, Do not listen to the words of your prophets who prophesied to you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the Lord's house will now shortly be brought back to Babylon. For they prophesy a lie to you. Do not listen to them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city be laid waste? But if they are prophets and if the word of the Lord is with them, let them now make intercession to the Lord of hosts that the vessels which are left in the house of the Lord in the house of the king of Judah and at Jerusalem do not go to Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the pillars, concerning the sea, concerning the carts, and concerning the remainder of the vessels that remain in this city, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, did not take when he carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from Jerusalem to Babylon, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yes, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that remain in the house of the Lord and in the house of the king of Judah and Jerusalem. They shall be carried to Babylon, and there they shall be until the day that I visit them, says the Lord. And I will bring them up and restore them to this place. I'll read one more chapter. Jeremiah 28. And it happened in the same year, at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month that Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet, who was from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and of all the people, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years, I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. And I will bring back to this place Jeconiah, son of Joachim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah who went to Babylon, says the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and in the presence of all the people who stood in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform your words, which you have prophesied, to bring back the vessels of the Lord's house, who were all carried away captive from Babylon to this place. Nevertheless, hear now this word that I speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who have been before me and before you of old prophesied against many countries and great kingdoms of war and disaster and pestilence. As for the prophet who prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as the one whom the Lord has truly sent. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke off the prophet, took the yoke off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and broke it. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, Even so I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. Now the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, after Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Go tell Hananiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, You have broken the yokes of wood, but you have made in their place yokes of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him. 
I have given him the beasts of the field also. Hmm. And the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah, the prophet, here now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, and you make this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will cast you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die, because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Let's read one more chapter. Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who carried away who were carried away captive to the priests the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon this happened after Jeconiah the king the queen mother the eunuchs the princes of Judah and Jerusalem the craftsmen and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem the letter was sent by the hand of Elasa the son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit, take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may increase there and not diminished and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, do not let your prophets or your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you have been caused to dream. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For, says, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me within, with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to a place which I have caused you to be carried away captive. Because you have said the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king who sits on the throne of David, concerning all the people who dwell in this city and concerning your brethren, who have not gone out with you into captivity. Thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, I will send on them a sword, the famine and the pestilence, and I will make them rotten figs that cannot be eaten. They are so bad. And I will pursue them with the sword, with the famine and with the pestilence, and I will deliver them to trouble among all the kingdoms of the earth to be a curse, an astonishment, a hissing and a reproach among all the nations where I have driven them, because I have not heeded my word, says the Lord, which I sent to them by my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them. Neither would you heed, says the Lord. 
Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, all you of the captivity, whom I have sent to Jerusalem, to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning Ahab, the son of Coliah, and Zedekiah, the son of Messiah, who prophesy a lie to you in my name. Behold, I will deliver them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall slay them before your eyes. And because of them, a curse shall be taken up by all captivity of Judah, who are in Babylon, saying, The Lord make you like Zedekiah and Ahab, from the king of Babylon roasted in fire, because they have done disgraceful things in Israel and have committed adultery with their neighbors' wives and have spoken lying words in my name, which I have not commanded them. Indeed, I know, and I am witness, says the Lord. You shall also speak to Shemaiah, the the Nehemite, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, You have sent letters in your name to all the people who are in Jerusalem, to Zephaniah, the son of Maasiah, the, the priest, and to all the priests, saying, The Lord has made you priests instead of Jehoiada, the priest, so that there should be officers in the house of the Lord over every man who is demented and considers himself a prophet that you should put him in prison and in the stocks. Now, therefore, why have you not rebuked Jeremiah of Anathoth, who makes himself a prophet to you? For he has sent us in Babylon, saying, This captivity is long. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Now Zephaniah the priest read this letter in the hearing of Jeremiah the prophet. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Send to all those in captivity, saying, Thus says the Lord concerning Shemaiah the Nehemiah, because Shemaiah has prophesied to you, and I have not sent him, and he has caused you to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will punish Shemaiah the Nehemiah and his family. He shall not have anyone to dwell among his among this people, nor shall he see the good that I will do for my people, says the Lord, because he has taught rebellion against the Lord, the word of God. Man, I, I don't, I, 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 okay, I say this often, and I know I, I iterate this over and over and over again, and it's probably, I probably sound like a broken record saying this, um, but I ain't got time. I really don't. Even today, I don't. I, you know, given that we're going to just meditate on this for a short period of time, um, there's just so much to unpack here, so much to, to you know, it's, man, if only we had the time, right? Um, but that's, you know, again, you know, this is a Bible, this isn't a Bible study, and I'm not here to really to exposit or to break down and to exegete every part of this scripture. That's not what I'm here to do. However, I am here to point out something that really the Lord is pointing out to me. And it's really so that you guys have an opportunity to get a picture of what it looks like to actually meditate on the scriptures, um, what it looks like to meditate and just to receive what God has to say to you today. Today, my reading of this text is more of a reminder than anything else. It's a reminder to me of my role in the world that I live in and in the context that I live in. And not only is it a reminder to me, but it should be a reminder to all of you. It should be a reminder to each and every one of you 
about what your role is and what it looks like. If I could just give a real quick cliff note of this. We've been reading through 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 the entire scripture. We've been reading through the Old Testament. We read the narrative of Israel. First Judah, sorry, first Israel in the north falls captive to Babylon. And then Israel uh and then Judah in the south falls into captivity. We see here these two nations who have now, which was intended to be one nation, but because of David's sin and because of the division in David's family, they became two nations, Israel in the north, Judah in the south. But now they have both fallen captive. And of course, we are always seeking to try to gain understanding as the Israelites were at the time, to understand how is it that they found themselves caught up in this situation. They were the chosen people of God. They were called by God. They were called by God. They were given this land. And now here they are finding themselves being pulled and plucked away from this land that was given to them. All the work, all the energy, all the effort, everything they put into coming into this land, the blood that was shed, the tears that were shed, all the pain and the suffering that came from all of that. Here they are finding themselves in a situation where what they had worked up towards now they've lost. They've lost it. I know there's a lot of you that may even feel like Israel feels. It feels like you worked your way to this point and then you lost it. It may feel to many of you, and maybe I'm speaking to myself, and maybe I'm speaking only for myself, but I'd like to believe that it feels for many of you like you put some work into some things, fought hard to get to where you are, and yet you find yourself in a place where you've lost everything you've worked for. Is there anybody here that can say that? I'm just going to look at the chat real quick. Who know what it feels like. I'm sure you know what it feels like. I'm sure you know what it feels like to work hard to get to something, to work hard to build something, to get to a particular place in your life. And in the end, you found that you've lost it. But let this be a reminder to you today that what you lost, understand that you didn't earn it. It was given to you by the grace of God. You worked hard to get there, but it was God who gave it to you in the first place. And maybe if God had given it to you, maybe God's got a greater purpose for you on the other side. Maybe you have to trust in what you're losing in this moment to take it as an opportunity for God to shape you and form you into what God is about to take you into next. Trust in God, even in the things that you lose, because it wasn't just your hard work that got you there. It was the grace of God that got you there. And if the grace of God got you there, the grace of God will get to where God wants you to go next. A lot of us have to be reminded of that because Israel fought for this land, but understand that they fought for a land that was already promised to them. They fought for a land that they had already gained victory for. They fought for a land that was already given to them. Remember, God had already promised them the land. So they were already fighting a winning battle. It doesn't matter how hard you fight. It doesn't matter how hard you fight. It doesn't matter how hard you grind. It doesn't matter how much work you put in. Understand this. If you gain anything, if you get any W's in your life, it is by the grace of God. Because there's somebody else fighting as hard as you. Somebody else working as hard as you, somebody else putting as much as you are. And even then they didn't get what you got. So give God thanks that he blessed the work of your hands to get you to where you are today. And it also gives you a confidence that if God got you this far, 
where can God take you next? Like you got to believe in that family. And I'm only saying this because I feel it's necessary to point this out, that Israel, while they find themselves here and they find themselves losing everything it seemed that they fought for, Israel finds himself taking an L here in all of this. But the reality is, is the W was never theirs. Congrats, Mike. The W was never there. It was never theirs. It was God's. God gave them the land. God gave them this territory. And you know, here's the thing. Oh man, I'm in full-blown rant already. Here's the thing. When you acknowledge that it wasn't your hard work that got you there, and yeah, you may have worked hard. And when you acknowledge it wasn't your effort that got you there, and yes, you may have put a lot of effort. But when you acknowledge that it was the grace of God that got you there, when you get there, you learn to appreciate it. You know, that's how grace works. It transforms how you live and move in the arenas and the spaces that God puts you in. It's when you know there ain't no way I could have done this on my own, that when you finally get there, you have a level of appreciation and dependence on God in the platform and in the place that God has called you to be. So give God praise for where you are, but be humbled because it ain't your hard work that got you there. You may have worked hard, but it's the grace of God that got you there. It's the grace of God. And here's the thing is when, when, it, when you get into a position where you feel like it's you and you did this, and it was all you, and it was all your work, guess what happens? You start feeling yourself, start cutting corners, start getting entitled. You start getting, you start getting protective. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons why we have issues with generosity is because we think we worked hard for our money. I don't know why I'm going to all, I, I need to get to my point. Let me just give this one and then I'll I'll move on. You know, one of the reasons why it's hard to be generous is because we actually think we worked hard and it's our hard work and our energy and our effort and our resource that got us to where we are. So we don't actually trust God. We're really trusting in our work. So now when we give anything, we feel like we're giving a piece of our work in our energy and our effort. I worked hard for this money. And now you're telling me I need to use this money to give somebody else. I worked hard for this position. Now you're telling me that I should use this position for something beyond my own power and my own ability. That's the issue with a lot of us. You know, our scarcity mindset comes in the fact that we thought we got ourselves there. Ooh, but when you live by the grace of God, man, when it's the grace of God, you know, I didn't get myself here. And if I didn't get myself here, I got nothing to lose giving a little bit to somebody else. Generosity comes out of faith and generosity comes out of knowing what God has done in your life. That's another side note. But here Israel finds himself taking an L. Israel is taking an L right now. And so now they find themselves not in the land that was promised to them, that they worked so hard to get to, But now Babylon has taken over because they squandered the blessing of God. They squandered what God gave to them because God gave it to them, but God asked them to use it responsibly. And they didn't. And because they didn't and they disobeyed God, they squandered the land. 
And so now the land was taken away. The proclivity that a lot of folks have now is to think that God's going to restore you and he's going to bring you back to where he called you to be simply because he loves you and because of his grace, not realizing that God, even his grace and his love is him pulling you out of some stuff to correct you and to shape you back into what he's called you to be. God may restore you, but before he restores, sorry, God may restore the stuff that was taken away. But before he restores the stuff, he needs to restore you. I want to say that one more time. God, I'll put it this way. You may have lost a lot of things. And a lot of the things that you may have lost may have been your mistakes. Maybe you came onto some money and didn't know how to manage it right. Maybe you had some responsibilities and you didn't handle it well. Maybe you had people in your life that you should have cared and loved for and you lost them because you squandered their love. There are things in your life that you've lost. And yes, God wants to restore those things back to you. But God won't restore things back to you until he restores you. Because if you're not restored, he'll give you the things he restores back to you and you'll squander it again. Maybe the reason why God has not yet restored certain things in your life is because you have yet to have been restored. So if you've lost some stuff, work on your heart. Let God shape you and mold you into who he's called you to be. And in the end, God will restore you in the way that brings him glory. Are you hearing me on that, fam? Israel wants their stuff back. But Israel doesn't want to repent. And Israel doesn't want to change. Man, I wish I had more time. (laughs) Israel didn't want to repent. Israel didn't want to change. And I'm sorry, maybe this is what I'm going to be preaching about on Sunday. Because Israel wants to, Israel wants it all back. They want everything back. They want their land back. So what they're waiting for is a prophet to tell them. They're waiting for a prophet to say, God is telling you you're getting your land back. God is telling you you're going to get your nation back. God is telling you, you're going to get all this stuff back. You're going to get this back, that back. Everything's coming back. God's God's restoring you. He's putting you together. But you ain't even right yet. You haven't even repented yet. You, You haven't even changed yet. And you want God to trust you with things that you have proven you could not handle yourself. Let's get practical on this. Some of us want some things back in our lives, not realizing it's the grace of God that is keeping it from us. Because it was those things that were in our lives that drew us away from him. It was those things that were in our lives that kept us from his grace. And it's his grace that has, has pulled those things away and now drawn us to his presence. So now, Israel wants everything back, but they want it back on their terms. They want to still live how they live, do what they do, you know, but they want, they want these blessings back. So they're quick to hear from prophets who will say they'll get their blessing and yet still not see the necessity for them to change. They want the land, they want the land, they want the land, they want the land, they want the land. And God's saying, you ain't getting the land. 
As a matter of fact, my grace is taking you to a foreign land. My grace is taking you to a place where you won't have rights. My grace, it's actually my grace that's going to take you to a place where you'll be seen as less than. It's my grace that's going to bring you to a place where you're going to be seen as a second-class citizen. It's my grace that's going to make you lose your enfranchisement. It's my grace. And I will restore you. But in this season, you're going to have to take this L. Jeremiah tells them, go. Go where Nebuchadnezzar takes you and don't fight back. Don't. Y'all read what I read, right? Go where Nebuchadnezzar takes you. Don't fight back. Don't even fight for it. Don't even fight for the stuff you couldn't hold on to. The reason why Nebuchadnezzar is here is because of your sin. Because you didn't handle this right. Because you mismanaged what I gave you. Because you squandered the blessing that I gave you. But I'm going to restore you. I'm going I'm I'm to make it right for you again. But in the meantime, that's what I'm going to call this, this, this podcast episode. I would have called it in the meantime. In the meantime, go and take this L. Because I can still bless you in the L. I can still bless you in captivity. I can still bless you even if you don't have all your rights. I can still bless you even in the midst of it all. And Jeremiah 29 is the culmination of that. Jeremiah 29, while prophets are saying, we're going to go back to our land to fight for our land because God is giving us our land back. God is saying, no, you won't get your land back. Rather, go to the foreign land and you're going to be a captive, a foreigner. That's, that's your calling in this season. So in the meantime, enjoy captivity. What? What do you mean, God? I thought this was the land promised to us. Yeah. But my grace says, your calling right now is to be a captive. Because in your captivity, I'm going to shape you. In your captivity, I'm going to form you. In your captivity, I'm going to refine you. In your captivity, I'm going to show the world the work that I do through the people who mess up. In your captivity, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to realign you. In your captivity, I'm going to show you what your position in this world is like. In your captivity, I'm going to reveal what your calling really is. You've been feeling yourself too much in this land. You've been feeling too much in the blessings that I've given you. So I'm going to pull that away. And in the midst of that, I'm going to show you what you're called to be and called to do. While the other prophets said, we're going back to the land. God said, we're going back. While the other prophets are saying, hey, we're going to take our king. We're going to pull them out and we're going to go back. And he's saying, go and try that and see how that works out for you. Because that's not what God called you to do. Jeremiah said, this is what your calling is. While you are captive in a land that hates you, that sees no rights in you, that sees you as less than, that sees you as a second-class citizen, 
in a land where you will not be loved, you will not be celebrated, in a land where you will have no rights, in a land where you will be a foreigner, and these people will be foreign to you, living lifestyles that are foreign to you, in that land, what are you called to do? That's what Jeremiah says in verse 5. Build houses and dwell in them, in that land. That's not yours. Dwell in that land. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. What? Eat the fruit of that land. Well, here's an even crazier one. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may increase there and not diminish. He's saying build families in that land. He said, build build roots in that land. And then, ooh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible right here. Seek the peace, verse 7, seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. Your punishment was captivity. But now that you're there, seek the peace of the city that you have been made captive in. And pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. I'm done. That's it for today. He said the word peace there is the same word that would that we would use for prosperity. Seek the prosperity of the city that you are held captive in. And pray. For the people in that city. Pray for that city that you are captive in. He didn't say run away from the city, go back to Israel. He said, seek the prosperity of the city. And then here's the crazy thing right here. He says, now, for in its peace, you will have peace. He's saying to them, you may be captive. You may not have rights. You may not be citizens of this city. You are are citizens of another nation, a nation now scattered, a nation now without enfranchisement. But you seek the prosperity of the city you're in. For in its prosperity, you will have prosperity. Pray for that city that you are held captive in. For its prosperity is your prosperity. Its peace is your peace. This is a lesson for the church. Because often, you know what the church is looking for? Because the church is a nation as well. It's a holy nation. The church is a royal priesthood. And so much we can learn about how the church ought to posture themselves through how the Lord called the children of Israel to posture themselves. Because the church, we are captives in a foreign land. As much as we want to celebrate our nation, say this is our nation and this is our country, the reality is, no, it's not. Man, this would be a paradigm shift for, you know, I'm I'm not going to go into the whole political rant again, but what a paradigm shift it would be when we realize, hold on, this nation is not my nation. This nation is not my country. 
I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, not the United States. The United States is secondary to the kingdom of God. We are just sojourners. I love that, Andrea. Sojourners along the way. And so if this isn't our nation, if this isn't our place, how ought we to be in it? How is the church to be in it? Seek its prosperity. Literally, seek its peace. Work and actively engage with the city. Work and engage with people who you don't agree with. Work and engage with communities that you don't agree with. Work and engage. Seek its peace. Because your peace comes in its peace. Your prosperity comes in its prosperity. No, but I only work with Christian businesses because I want to make sure only Christian businesses succeed. Is that what the scripture says? No, you seek the prosperity of the people who don't agree with you, of the people who hate you, of the people who live lifestyles that don't align with yours. This is why people get people get really confused when they see, man, you know, I see pastor so-and-so messing with so-and-so. And isn't this person pro-LGBTQ? Isn't this person this? Why is he working with that person? How dare he do business with that person? Ooh, this is going to get weird. Pastor, I don't know if I trust you. You're doing business with people who don't believe in Jesus. Pastor, how can I trust you when you're sitting down dining and eating with pro-LGBTQ people? Pastor, I, I don't know if I trust you because you're you're over here doing business with all kinds of people who don't even like the church, who even hate the church. Pastor, I don't know if I can trust you in all of that. Um, Jeremiah 29, 7. Seek the prosperity of the city. For in its peace, you will have peace. I was called to seek the prosperity of people who don't agree with me. I was called to seek the prosperity of people who not only disagree with me, who may even hate me and hate what I stand for, but I seek their prosperity because my prosperity comes in their prosperity. Oh no, but they gotta be. No, we were called to come into the world, to be the salt of the earth and to seek the prosperity of the city. Not wait till they get it all together. Wait till they get their thing right. Wait till, no, I was called to seek the prosperity. That's gospel. Seek the prosperity of the city because in its prosperity, I will have prosperity. So today, in the meantime, seek peace, seek prosperity. Father, I thank you as we navigate through this day, Lord God. Lord, we are sojourners. Lord, we're strangers in a foreign land. Lord, every day we step out, Lord, we know we're different. 
<laughs> every day we step out, we see what the world chases after. We, we know what the world chases after. Every day we step out, we know the world is against us and hates us. And yet, Lord, how, how convinced are we today that what you've called us to do is regardless of how the world feels about us, and even if we're only here for a little while, that in the time that we're here, teach us to seek the peace and prosperity of our cities. Father, I pray that, Lord, you'd realign our hearts today, that we would seek the peace of the city. Realign our minds today to seek the welfare and the benefit of those who we disagree with, those who may hate us, that in the end we may find peace in their peace, that we may find prosperity in their prosperity. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all, fam. I got to run. So good to see you all. I got hundreds of y'all on, on TikTok. I've got over 100 of y'all on IG. Now I got a whole bunch of y'all on YouTube. I'm so glad you guys are all here. I'm going to post this right away on Patreon. Um, and it will also be available on the Read and Rant podcast in a couple weeks. So you can be a part of that as well. But I'm just excited about what the Lord is doing. Thank you so much for your support. Please text me because I send words of encouragement on the regular. And I'll send usually snapshots and snippets of just our thoughts for our Read and Rants every morning. The number is 954-231-1848. 954-231-1848. And I also encourage you to, um, you know, prayerfully consider supporting as well. You can support by becoming a subscriber to the lives. I see a bunch of y'all with the subscriber tags. Thank you so much. Um, just click the star and you can subscribe there. Or you can also become a patron, patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. You can also click it in the bio. Or if you want to just give a one-time support or donation, you can also click the link in the bio. Love y'all. God bless you guys. I got to run. Seek the peace of the city today. Seek the prosperity of the city today. Love y'all, fam. God bless you.